Welcome to Blockbusted, the movie review podcast where two dudes who fell off a boat ask, Did you see that big fin? I'm Mitch. I'm Max. And today we are looking at The Meg and Meg 2 The Trench. Hey Max, how are you doing right. today? I'm good-ish. Yeah? Yeah. Just um, ish? I, I don't know. It's I'm very busy and also doing nothing all at the same time, all of the time. Sounds like a bit of a uh, conundrum. Yeah, it's called uh, working. But hey, listeners may notice that I don't sound like I'm 20 feet under the water anymore. Or... Off a mountain. I, they may actually be able to hear what I'm saying now. Well, why is that? I actually got a mic instead of utilizing broken technology. But also, the new mic's too good and it picks up everything in my room. So no matter what, I, if I move in my chair, you'll hear the creak. If I uh, tap at my computer, you'll hear the tapping. You're going to hear every single breath so much crisper now too. It's going to be like... Hi, I'm, I'm breathing right down. I'm right here in your ear. It's gonna be, it's gonna be real good. It's gonna be real good. But I think this claustrophobia is gonna really help with our theme this week. Um, yeah, I, I, yes. It's almost like we're gonna be sharing a advanced submarine that's gonna be ripped to shreds within. I'd give it about five minutes as we enter the further depths of the Mariana Trench in the Meg and Meg 2 the Trench, which are our two films this week. Uh, spoiler alert for both. But I think now is the time to get into the Meg. All right, so the Meg, directed by John Turtletob. It stars Jason Statham, Lee Bingbing, Winston Chow, Cliff Curtis, Ruby Rose, and Rain Wilson. But Max, what is The Meg about? The Meg is about life, love, and the pursuit of happiness. Uh, No, it's not. The Meg is a tale of a highly advanced marine research station that develops a deep-sea submarine that travels below the depths of the thermocline, which is the believed bottom of the Mariana Trench, to discover a new biosphere. But uh, in doing so, they unleash the terror of the thought extinct Megalodon, a giant shark that Jason Statham then has to fight. What I would consider the best premise for any film ever conceived. Uh, had you seen it before we went to watch this for this week? No, this is my first time watching, well, both films, but... Um, it's my first time watching the bag, and to be perfectly honest with you, I haven't even seen Jaws, so um, I feel like m- perhaps my contextual discussion of these films is going to be a little bit limited by that. But um, we'll see how we go. Well, don't you worry. Not only have I seen Jaws at least twice, I have also read about four of the six books that this movie is based off. So yeah, I will do all the research for you. Well, I've done all the research for you. Don't even stress. I've got, it's all up here in my noggin 
ready to be shouted at you when you say things that I disagree with. Right. So what, what did you think? What, did you like it? I I enjoyed this film. It's a very fun uh, film that's sort of just like, the way I would describe it is sort of like a pulp novel if it was a film. You mean if it's a book? No, it's like a, a, a pulp. Imagine that a pulp novel oh, was a I film. I see what you're saying. Sorry, I misunderstood what you were saying. My bad. Nix that. Um, don't put it in. Don't, make me look, don't let me look stupid. Yeah, I, the way I sort of thought about this film was that, yeah, it's like a if a pulp novel was a film, this would be that film. Um, it's not necessarily the most impeccably crafted, well-researched, dramatic piece of cinema that you're ever going to see, but it's very entertaining and it's very fun to sit on the couch and be very much like entertained by the spectacle of it because yeah when it comes down to it, it is a it's a very fun film to enjoy i completely agree i really enjoy this movie it's very fun it's not a very good movie uh but it's a very fun movie i think jason statham is the exactly the guy you should have being jonas whose whose character name i think it's the only character name i remember is jonas Oh, no, I remember there was one other character I remember, and it was because his name was The Wall. That was one of the, like, the second guy who died. The, the, the guy who gets pushed in, and then there's the second shark, and he gets eaten by the second shark? Yes. His name was The Wall? Yeah. It's a bad name. That's the only reason I remember the name was like, it's not, it wasn't a real name. I assume it's not a birth name, but still, that's a, that's a bad nickname what did you have to do to get a nickname like that do you reckon do you reckon he was like a goalie maybe but like that seems really weird if he's like operating a deep sea submarine well maybe he has you know he's part of the company foot soccer team or something i guess as we all know marine biologists love soccer like europeans are you speaking from personal experience yeah i know at least 17 marine biologists who just love soccer Oh, I know like half a marine biologist and I don't think they're particularly interested in soccer from my Well, knowledge. that's only half a marine biologist. Yeah, I, they didn't finish their degree. Well, there we go. It's the last year you learn to become a soccer fan. Become a soccer enthusiast. Yeah, it's the last year. So if you don't finish it, then you're not going to get what's needed, you know? Right. You're going to get that love for the game. So is, is that who's like filling out all the seats at the, at the Women's World Cup at the moment? It's all the yeah, marine it's marine biologists. biologists. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so this movie's hard to talk to without just talk about, sorry, <laughs> because well, it's hard to talk about without kind of just pointing out all the stupid shit in it, which I think we should do because that's very funny. So first thing I want to point out is why was the first expedition they ever sent down beyond the thermocline manned and why did they do it after the billion dollar station was built? What I'm more confused about given that is the first thing they did in the manned craft once under the thermocline was release an unmanned drone. That's my point. My point is obviously there's no issue getting signals down there. Right. Because uh, So there's, there's no inbuilt thing of like, oh, maybe there's like a 20 million year delay or something like that, which NASA deals with on a day-to-day basis anyway. So I don't know why that would be an issue. But second of all, you can get signals past that layer of gas because there's a live feed that is crisper than the one that you and I are utilizing right now. Because the whole marine base was built because of one dude's 
hypothesis, which check the hypothesis, definitely, you know, check it out. But don't spend billions of dollars on something that you could shoot a, I don't know, cheap in quotation mark, unmanned drone down just to see if it goes through the ground or not. I mean, yeah, like you could just have like a, a heavy, like, weight that has whatever signal they're a using. A tracker, just a tracker on it. To see whether it drops below the level that they think it's going to drop below. Yeah, exactly. Because they, they turn around and they say, because Rain Wilson, who plays the the billionaire or, or whoever who funded this station, he's there because he wants to see the you know the fruits of his monies. And he says, what happens if the, the submarine just bounces off the bottom and it is just rocks and there's no gas down there and, and there isn't a layer and then another bit of the trench and they say, well, guess you're screwed, like, oh, I should not say that. Guess you're buggered, fella. Uh, <laughs> and he just kind of like looks at, it's like, did you not, did he not, first of all, did he not realize, did you reckon, do you reckon they told him that this was confirmed and then he only found out that it was not confirmed upon arriving or did he just never ask at which point how did he become a billionaire with such poor business sense i just think like every movie in this sort of vein where it's there's some like creature or thing giant evil monster from the past or something like that like nine times out of ten it's some rich guy who's like i'm gonna do this thing with no basis in reality with no concern for what is actually feasible. I mean, that's the believable part, though. <laughs> right? Isn't it, though? I get. Yeah, I guess it is. Because, yeah, I mean, look, Jurassic, Jurassic Park did the exact same thing. Mm. And, I mean, every single James Bond villain is also rich, usually. So I, that's not the part that I have an issue with. I just have an issue with how, the fact that, that this guy just refused to do more research before building a billion-dollar research station that if their hypothesis was incorrect would actually just be useless and they even say in the thing they say it's a really really expensive place to watch whales or something along those lines if 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 if, if they aren't correct they're just lucky that they are correct basically because i think saying that the bottom of the mariana trench is a layer of gas is hollow earth levels of insane as a theory i have another question actually Mm. This goes back before. This is the intro of the movie. Why is there a Meg outside of the um, thermocline when Jason Statham is rescuing that submarine in the very start? I I really, really strongly believe this movie was rewritten several times before the final screenplay. Like, I mean, that's actually in the book as well, though, that opening. So, I mean, this is an issue with the source material, if anything else. But we're talking about the movie, so we're, we're going to, like, Talk about the movie. This is what it feels like. It feels like there's enough points in this movie where they set up for something and then forget about it. That it's it feels like it's been through like a half dozen rewrites. Can you give me some examples? So I can definitely think of examples in the second one because that's fresh in my mind. But yeah, um, you've got this one, the, the first one where um the Meg is above the thermocline at the start of the movie. Either that or. Jason Statham is below the thermocline, neither of which are explained how that's possible. He couldn't be below the thermocline. That, that'd be impossible. Well, right? is it? it's no more impossible than the Meg being above the thermocline. Yeah, but I feel like the Meg, there's, there's, a, there's a little, we could be like, oh, there was a cave system that the Meg, that one Meg managed to wiggle its way through or something like that. Whereas them being below the thermocline, because I don't believe, oh, unless 
I know I'm sorry, I'm writing off of you, but I just want to like, I want to get to the bottom of this. They do say that he's the only person who's ever managed a, who's alive, who's ever done a rescue at the depths that they are at. But they said it's only just below a level, right? They didn't say it's at that level. Yeah. So so feasible. So they haven't worded it in a way that it would be below the thermocline. He was, I reckon he was still above it. It's heavily suggested that they're the first people through a thermocline. I mean, they are. I think I don't think they're below. I don't because because you would you wouldn't that mission that that boat wouldn't have gone below the thermocline. The, the you would, sorry the um that submarine would not have gone below the thermocline. Like unless it was like sinking, I don't know. But it's implied that the Meg is what fucked up the boat. Yeah, I know. Well, submarine. Anyway, there's a lot of things that just don't make a lot of sense. And the, I mean, you can also like there is it's definitely a Meg because you can see the outline of the shark when the boat explodes as well, which I think is actually a really cool little. The one thing that frustrated me more than anything else about this movie genuinely was that we knew what the monster was going in. Is that really an issue? Yes. And and hear me out. Hear me out. So. All right. I'm I'm listening. I'm listening. The first like this is going to lead me on a series of tangents. I'm just letting you know. No, so I watch this film and it feels like three narratives in one film. It doesn't feel like one full film. Well, what's the three? What's three narratives? So you have the, I guess you can call them acts, but they feel so unrelated that you could take any one of them out and they would, it could make it its own movie. Yeah. So you have the start of the movie where they're going beneath the thermocline and they're trapped in the submarine because they've been attacked by something. The Meg. And no one knows what it is. The Meg. And it's scary because no one knows what it is, except we know what it is because the title says what it is. That's true. Yeah. And it's not like a, like the easy comparison here is with Alien, where you go, the whole movie is based around there's an alien, but the key difference I think being is that the Meg, we know- We know it's a giant great white shark. It, we know it's a giant shark because it's named for a Megalodon, which is a giant prehistoric shark. And the posters all had big shark on it, whereas like you compare that to Alien- They hit it. They hid the alien. The posters all have the egg on it, which awesome poster design, by the way. I really sick love poster. that poster. That whole movie is just sick. It's a great movie. And I am probably going to end up talking a lot about this movie because I feel like there's a, they've pulled a lot of inspiration from um, the Alien franchise in making this film. Anyway, so you, you get the first act of the film where they're in the submarine. They're trapped in the submarine. It's broken. They can't escape. They have to get rescued by Jason Statham. They don't know what the monster is, except we do know what the monster is. But is shock. It's a big shark, but I think it would have been better if we didn't know it was a big shark if that was the movie. But that's only one third of the movie. Well, I think that's that then because that means we get parts past this like the what is it pretty quickly. It's not a it's not really something that the, they try to maintain as a fixture. You know what I mean? Like it's not something that they. I guess I don't know. I feel like there's enough of the, at the start of the film where you are not meant to know what the monster is. There's enough there to justify the idea that they could have like done a better job at hiding it and made that more of the film. But that sort of ends with them discovering the Meg and getting rescued. At which point I was kind of like, okay, cool, mo- movie over. Which was ridiculous because we're half an hour into the movie, right? I, it felt narratively finished. Like the narrative felt like this is done. Like this is. We've gone really, really quickly through the whole nah, narrative. baby, that's just the inciting incident, baby. <laughs> but it's like, it's a whole narrative inside that. Yeah. So this is, what, this is what I mean. So like, you could make that and make it its own movie. Then you have the second act or the second movie, which is they go out and they decide that the Meg is too dangerous to be kept alive. It's also the Jaws portion of the film where they're just on a boat. Yeah, so they're on a boat and then they have to fight the Meg and then 
the mega taxum and they kill it. And then there's the second one. Which is a big twist. Did you see that, by the way? Did you like think there's going to be a second shark? Beyond the fact that the, they killed that first one too early for it to be they, the only they shark. They killed it too early and they... they, they um, but before that, did they... Did you reckon like, oh, there's going to be a second shark? No. And there's not really a reason to believe that there is. But you can guess that. I mean, I didn't guess it when I, I mean, watched you it. you can, but, but I, I think like, my issue is not that they had two sharks. I think they did enough to seed that they were going to have two sharks, that when they were like, there's a second shark, it wasn't like, oh my God, they lied to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> they didn't just like turn to the camera and say, there's only one shark. And then it turned, and then they're like, oh no, there's two. <laughs> it's really funny to imagine you being offended by the film for saying there's only one shark and then the second one appearing you know is going you fucking lie to me you piece of shit i i'm how dare you <laughs> just getting absolutely properly offended that's very amusing to me but yeah so you have this sequence where they fight that and then they there's a second one that's foreshadowed by the whale with the daughter whale oh, the whale with the mother whale i didn't even think of that that's clever that i thought that was what they were getting at it's like you oh, might the, have like, been i actually no i think you're giving the movie too much credit I think you're giving it way too much credit. Like the way I read that was then that like sort of opening scene, like it's not, yeah, it's an opening scene, I guess, where they're like, oh, that's this whale. And this is the daughter of this whale. And then they kill that um, one of them because they're like, oh my God, where's the whale one without the off, other? Um, off camera, yeah. The Meg kills it. And I sort of went, when the second Meg got revealed, I was like, oh, so one's the mother and one's the like child. The, the pup. Yeah, yeah, that's an, that's interesting. So I never really thought, saw it like that, but I like to think they did that. But I also don't want to give them that much credit. But yeah, you have that, and then they all get rescued except for the guy who dies. Except for, no, there's like hero from heroes dies. If you haven't watched that show, uh, you look like you haven't. I haven't watched that show. All right, well, classic TV show heroes hero h-i-r-o. He plays. That's who he plays. He's also the train conductor in Speed. Speed, uh, bullet train, speed train, bullet train. He's actually a good actor, but clearly he's not getting the roles he deserves. I like him a lot. He's very funny and charming. But yeah, so we get one death in that first act, I guess. He gets munched. Toshi. As known as Hero from Heroes. Then at the, like, sort of the, the twist in the second act, the wall dies. <laughs> Don't uh, say it like that. And then the, like, chief marine biologist dies. Wait, who? Oh, him right sorry i was thinking of because also the psychiatrist dies the psychiatrist who gave jason statham a bad rundown going back to things that actually don't make sense why did that psychiatrist who was obviously emotionally invested in that case be the one who psychoanalyzed jason statham i thought he was just like a doctor no he's a psych he goes no he's the psych who gave him the bad eval He's the reason why Jason Statham no longer could dive because he said he fell under pre- he got um pressure sickness or something and he any uh I thought he was just like a regular doctor. Though. No 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 he's he's the psyche val guy. You don't see his face because it's um but you can hear his voice in the clip. Also it's in the book. Yeah but like he's in the medical ward. They straight up say that. They straight up say it's him. No I know they say that he's like that guy but I thought Where he was he, the doctor. He the, did the psycho the psychological evaluation. Yeah, I know, which, but was he this was he a psychologist or was he a doctor who gave a psychological evaluation? I don't know. Well psychiatrists have a medical degree. Yeah, I know, but psychiatrists don't practice like surgery and he was in the room with the person who got stabbed with the screwdriver. He might have been all they had. Point is I thought he was a doctor. I thought he was a doctor. I mean, if you're a psychiatrist, you are a doctor. Okay. So, so he's a doctor. Yeah, he is a doctor, but he's also 
a psychiatrist. At the anyway, he's dying because he's an idiot. Well, I mean, he saves Ruby Rose. So, so I was, we were watching this. So I was watching this with my housemates. And yeah. we all came to the decision that if you, you're in a survival situation. Being there. You know, relatable. Highly relatable. relatable. To be able to survive in that kind of situation, you need to have the most access to, like the easiest way to survive is to be able to have access to resources. Right. Like, so depending on the type of situation it is, the more resources you have, the more options you have. Gotcha. One of these things I think that's really important in the survival in, the survival in situation, especially when you're getting attacked by a giant shark, Hmm. probably someone who knows some things about medicine. Right. Oh, and so you reckon him dying was silly. He sacrifices himself. But you think Ruby Rose should have been the one to sacrifice herself. I feel like there's definitely a case to be made for him to go, well, me being alive makes it more likely that other people will survive as well. Those needs of the many outweigh the needs of the one, as Spock put it. Except then, like, he also gets to survive as an added bonus, so... He had to die to um, atone for being a dick. I guess. That's the only way people can get redemption, is by dying. Is by dying. Yeah, don't you know that? No, I didn't know that. I thought you could just, like, use regular methods of asking people to, like, say, like, hey, I'm sorry for being a dick. Don't be stupid. That's silly. You're silly. I'm silly. Okay. You're being very silly right now. So yeah, we get, what's that? Three, body count of three in that scene. So the head marine biologist. Who dies from a slap. So, so the, I was confused. Like I like saw it, but did he just get like hit in the head? Cause my, I thought like maybe he got hit in the head or maybe he got hit with that like toxin. I think he got sleepy. Like he just got, he just went, I'm, I'm tired. It's very, like very unclear about like why, like, He's obviously face down, like drowning in the water, but it's unclear about why he is. He, you know, he just got really tired. He was like, you know what, guys, this isn't worth it. I'm just going to dip. Do you mind? And they were like, yeah, we do mind. He's like, I'm going to dip anyway. Yeah. Anyway, they, that's sort of the second act of the film with all the second film within the film mm. um, where they go and they hunt the shark. Yeah. The, um, the, the third part, the third act of Jaws to, is the first second act of the Meg third movie within the movie, which is like slightly related, more slightly more related to the second part of the movie. But I still think you could probably do the whole second act of the movie as its own movie. I mean, Jaws didn't. I know, but I reckon you could. Like they're out hunting for a shark. How long do you want to spend just on a boat? Life of Pi did it. Yeah, but I haven't seen Life of Pi, and also there's the added. The shark's not on the boat with them. The tiger's on the boat with Pi. The, the shark is had to be filmed in a different room. Is that what happened? I thought it was a CGI tiger. No, they filmed it in different locations. They must have had like some just some creative differences. Yeah, the 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 actor and the tiger. I heard actually. I actually heard about this. The tiger um said a bunch of slurs to the that's actor. That's really. That's not cool. It's not. Hence why they fed the film because they they couldn't find another tiger who would work at the rate. That that tiger would work at as well, and there were I don't remember the director, but basically the director turned around and said, "Look, I I know this sucks, but we're going to have to just work with this guy because this is all we got." Mm. I yeah, I don't remember seeing all that when the movie came out. It's got um, it got hushed up a bit because they didn't want this. It was it was like a media nightmare. Third act, they um the shark goes and attacks Fun Island. No, no, that's the second movie. Is it is Fun Island the second movie? So, Fun so the first the 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 no baby- no 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 no. no. Yes, 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 yes. Fun yes, yes. Island's the first movie. 
What's the first movie? It's just a really popular beach in China or Taiwan or some Asian coast. I can't remember exactly which coast it is. No, because he's like looking at the map and it's like, it's 60 clicks from here. Mm-hmm. And the, the local name roughly translates to Fun Island. Fun Island, I guarantee, is the second movie. What do I get if I'm correct? What do I get if I'm correct? Nothing sexual. A point. You get a point. <laughs> we, we, uh, is, this, is this a game show now? We get points? You get a point. All right, I'll take that. It means I'll be in the lead because we've just started. It's Sanya Bay in China in the first movie. I know there's Fun Island. Fun Island's in the second film. Uh, no, it is in the second film. Okay, Ooh. you get a point. Ooh, I'm winning. I'm winning this podcast. I'm, I'll put in a sound effect for a point. Ooh. Sorry, it attacks a populated area. I'll give you an out. They act as the exact same idea. It's the exact same thing two times. Anyway, it attacks the thing, and that's like the first act of Jaws. I guess it's the first act of Jaws on crack, though, because the shark doesn't do a massacre. It just eats individuals. Yeah, it's, it's like, it basically, so the, 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 third, the third one is like the action sequence where they have to like get all the people out of the water and the sharks attacking. Utilize whale songs. Also, helicopters are stupid and they can't not fly into each other, apparently. Yeah, that was, there's a lot of just like, it escalates because like, again, like this first move, the first act is really like slow and suspenseful. And the second act is a little bit more like, action dramatic even though like that is accomplished by knocking people with the crane into the water several times um <laughs> it happens like three times yeah ruby rose is thrown in about two times at least in that six sequence it's like please please someone fix this come up with a different reason they fall in the water please they just must not be watching out for that crane i get it i mean i'd probably be eaten and then the third act is like the the super like action packed thing, which I feel like you like, and I think we'll get to this with the Meg too. But you could make a whole movie that is just like about a shark that is attacking shit, and just make a pulpy action movie. Well, not to be that guy who read the book, but I read the book, and in the book, it's it's a longer time span when the shark is released and when they eventually deal with it. I mean, that sort of makes sense. Yeah, because well, in this in this movie, the shark is just continuously hungry, and so the people I was watching it with, we had a joke where we would just be like, "Oh, he's he's a hungry boy. He's oh, a hungry he boy. hungry. Oh, he's so hu- dude. He's so hungry. He's like, so hungry right now. He's so hungry. So dude, this guy, this shark, so hungry. And that was just like us continuously because he, no matter what, this shark ate." Just continuously hungry, never full. Whereas in the book, it kills a bunch of things because they don't catch it for ages, so it keeps eating at regular intervals. But and then they actually use that as a plot device. They're like, we have six hours until the shark's hungry again because that's how it works. Whereas obviously in the movie, they're like, we're not, we're not gonna spend hours, like day, they're not gonna spend days on a boat. We're, we're just gonna, we're gonna speed run this bad boy. Yeah, it all just happens in very quick succession. If you take out the character development, you can actually no clip about three frames off the end boss fight between the shark, and you can like get a world record if you do it like that. If you get a speed run of the Meg, 
yeah, you can speed run the me- you, you it takes it like um you you take off three frames off of the meg animations and it means that you if you have the right dodge tactics you can actually kill it quicker because it's the same amount of time for the shark to redo the animation but the actual animation itself is quicker. Yep. This is meg strats. Meg strats. This is this is how to be a meg ultra gamer. You're welcome. I'm giving away this advice for free. You're giving away the meg speedrunning strats. So if I want to get through this movie faster. Yeah, what you do is you put the movie on fast forward. I don't know. It's 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 a tricky movie to talk about because like there's there's so many things that are wrong with it. And there there are so many things that make this like a bad objectively bad film. The writing is not amazing. Like the plot doesn't seem to line up with itself. It seems disjointed. The characters seem to like have weird like they fluctuate between incredibly like serious like we're in a super intense situation to like really quippy real tonal issue the tonal whiplash is shocking the character motivations are um some of them are fine and some of them are just not there there's a lot of stuff that just doesn't go explained particularly well certain stuff is just shoehorned in to pander to the chinese audience as well the meg and meg 2 were both uh co-funded by two different um chinese studios but that's where um a lot of the funding for both of these films came from which other than both being set around the um chinese peninsula both sort of shoehorn in a lot of yeah like appeal to that audience it's kind of cool though because we do get some actors and actresses that we would normally not see in a western production like and i actually like i actually think some of the, some of the chinese characters are a lot more interesting than the non-chinese characters i as agree well. the, i think the best character across both movies is is it the uncle the daughter oh damn it it's the daughter oh in both movies in both movies across uh, both movies in terms of consistency, like in terms of like character and consistency, she does have a cool character arc, basically between films. I I don't know. I think like she's probably the best written character in the in the film as well because like a lot of the characters just end up being very one dimensional, which happens in this sort of movie where people are like uh, they're one minute dead the next. Our one uh, POC character is also a serious stereotype in the first film or both films but it's worse in the first film because he can't even swim which is yeah i mean yeah it's it's played it's played as a joke as well there's a lot of like genuine issues with this film but it's like yeah as i was saying before it's it's a fun film to watch it's a fun film to kind of go like poke at and go like isn't that funny it's fun to be in a room with your friends and like almost overreact to everything and like whenever like someone gets bit by a shark you like gasp and um having that sort of like energy to it makes this film really enjoyable um but like as a strictly cinematic experience it's it's not a good film it's shit yeah it's a bad film doesn't mean i'm not gonna rate it more than the mona though what did you want it to we can do ratings right now. Do you want to I do can, ratings? Yeah, I don't think I. I think everything else I want to talk about is related more to the second film than the first one. Uh, so, <laughs> I gave it three and a half panderings to China out of five. I gave it two and a half deep sea submarines. I mean, the, I assume the half is the shark. One's been bitten by the shark. Yes, I thought of that. <laughs> 
you had the pizza crust last time. Where's the thought and care you had last time, man? <laughs> last time your half was a pizza crust. I know. I I was struggling today. Making the jokes this week was a bit hard because it's easy when you have two different ones that you have to fish from the same joke pool. Yeah, yeah. Get it, get it. Because a fish movie. Because yeah, of- yeah. That was in- that was intentional. That's the level of care I'm putting into this. Right. Clearly, yeah, okay. the one the level that you're not putting okay, into this. I'm sorry. What was I saying? Doesn't matter. It was all bullshit. It was all bullshit. (laughs) The level of joke, yeah, the jokes are just, it's hard to come up with jokes because you have to come up with more from less material. (laughs) And there's not a lot of material to begin with. No, it's all just shark jokes and they're not funny because sharks inherently aren't actually really that funny. (laughs) Actually, just like backpedaling a little bit. Well, not really backpedaling. I was really, I was really quite interested that, um, they really went hard on the anti shark fin stance. Yeah, they really did. Which is like they just were like shark fin, shark fin fishing is bad, which it is. Like, don't get me wrong, it's oh, like yeah. a terrible, inhumane practice. But it's, I, I guess, interesting more than anything else to me that the movie was so explicit on yeah, catching sharks in this way is bad, and it's gonna attract a big one. Yeah, you're gonna get fucked up by the daddy shark or mummy shark, mama shark. Do, 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 do. Oh no, stop. Ma, Don't ma, do this. Do, 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 please, no. I'm begging and pleading. Don't do this to me. Don't do this to me. Don't do this to me. Cut. Cut this out. This is not going in. This better not go in. I guess it is now time. Oh, no. Yeah, not I guess. It is with certainty now time for Max and Mitch's mini media. <laughs> Would you like to go first this week? You have a surprise. Usually you tell me what mini media you have, but you wanted it to be a surprise this week. So I'm, I want you to go first. I did want it to be a surprise this week because um, you know me and my fascination with certain things. Such as? Give us a list of some of your fascinations before zeroing in on the one that we're going to be discussing. Duff. Oh, yeah. What, what I love about the podcast medium is how we get to know the the hosts and this right here is a real prime example of that no you know how i'm like i'm like always talking about some garbage that you don't care about you you assume i don't care about i i talk about magic the gathering and you go i have no desire to ever learn this game that's one that's one example i talk about the legend of zelda and it took you until this year I never didn't care about game. Legend of Zelda. I just didn't play it. No, that's not true. I got I forced you to play Ocarina of Time at one point. And I did. I didn't just do it for you. I did it because I wanted to. Over the last couple of years, I set myself the personal goal of beating every Sonic the Hedgehog game. As soon as you said over the last couple of years, and I set myself the goal of, I knew it was going to be Sonic. I knew. <laughs> um, and through this process... I have inadvertently become a Sonic the Hedgehog fan, which leads me to my mini media for this week. What did you do? What have you done? Which is Sonic Prime Season 2. I don't even, I didn't even know, I don't even know what Sonic Prime is. Okay, so Sonic Prime is a Netflix animated series. It's, um, I think they're eight episodes each and they're pretty short. So it's mm. got two seasons out at the moment. Well, um, you got to go fast. You have to. You got, yeah, you got to go fast. Um, yeah. Second season out at the moment and... The basic idea of it is it's Sonic mm-hmm. multiverse. I don't know how to respond to that. It sounds kind of lame, and to an extent it is, but it's a 
real it's a show that really feels like it was made by fans of the series and it has a lot of love and care put into it and i've really enjoyed both seasons um so far what's the animation like the animations uh, i really 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 love the way they do particles so the way they do lasers and little like the lights and things the way they give sonics like spin dash some stuff some of the other stuff is can be a bit hit and miss um just because i think some of the lighting systems they're using are not amazing but i think on the whole it's a interesting enough style that like i'm not sitting there going like oh this is so much this is too much like early 2000s like cgi animation for tv and you get a little bit of that but you're gonna get a little bit of that with any sort of like lower budget well it's sonic if it's not janky is it really legit exactly exactly no but the writing's really um fun and it understands what it's doing with all of the characters it brings a couple of uh, fan favorites back into the fold including big the cat um from sonic adventure one i was worried that big the cat wouldn't be involved that was well, something big the cat is not often in like spin-off sonic media so yeah and that's why i said i was worried because it's it's about time that big the cat saw the light but it it is genuinely really fun and the second season sort of just built on what the first season laid out setting up for what should be a really interesting third season finale by the looks of things i really enjoyed it i really enjoyed sonic prime season two um i'd recommend it i recommend watching both seasons it's pretty short you could probably smash it out in a day if you're really committed i weren't Sorry, it's not going to happen. That's that's my menu menu for this week. Well, I'm actually really glad you enjoyed it. That sounds... I, I'm happy for you that you enjoyed it, but I will never watch it. And you're going to have to live with that. <laughs> my my mini media for this week for, for, is, is actually live. It's a live performance of something. I, I went and saw a play. For uni or just like... For me. For me. It was personal. Oh, that's awesome. I went, it, it, I was angry. And so I personally, it was, it was personal. I was trying to do a, it's a personal thing joke, but it didn't work. But I went and saw 222, which is kind of a big play. It was at Her Majesty's Theatre in Melbourne. Luckily, actually kind of on brand, Ruby Rose was in it, which, so I saw her name on the poster. I didn't look this up before I went, by the way. Uh, my mom just said, oh, there's a, there's a ghost, spooky ghost uh, play. Do you want to go see it? And I said, no. Uh, and so she said... <laughs> So she said, oh, family friends are going to go do it. And she made it sound like it was going to be like a bunch of people going to go see it. And I said, all right, if a bunch of people are going to go see it, fine. Turned out it was just one of them was going to go see it, which was fine. But still, I was semi-tricked. It was a good little thing for just her and I to enjoy, though. We had a good time. I'm pretty sure. At least I had a good time. And I think she did, too. But so we went and saw this play because I don't usually do plays. I've not really enjoyed any play I've ever seen. Um, I will preface this by saying most plays I've seen have been amateur productions. Like high school musical High school stuff? community, like not just high school, like community ones. As well. I've done the community stuff as well. Oh, yeah. Um, the only other play I've actually really ever enjoyed was a musical, which is weird because I hate musicals in general. That's both filmed and live. Was the Matilda musical. Oh, yeah, the, the Tim Minchin. Yeah, the Tim Minchin one, which I saw in its first run on Broadway, actually, which was pretty cool back in 2013. So that was the only one I really enjoyed. And I like this one a lot. This is really good. So it's it's a it's nothing like it's nothing like Matilda. If anything, it's quite the opposite. It's very funny though, but very grown up, very dark, and it's spooky. They shout there's a lot of screamy jump scares because each time the they transition sorry, it's based around one night and 222 is apparently this one period of time where this house is haunted, 2.22 a.m., that is. And so it's based around this 
young family who the, the dad, the patriarch part or the dad, the husband, I shouldn't say patriarch. It's not really run like that, but the husband has been gone and there's a new baby. And while husband's been gone for the past week, um, in this new house, the mother has been hearing a ghost. And so there's a bunch of some, there's some of their friends are over or one, sorry, a friend of theirs is over and they've brought over a new partner. And basically the, um, the wife slash mother is says to them stick around to 222 a.m and see if i'm crazy or not because my husband doesn't believe me blah 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 blah. you know what i mean like all that crap and then it's basically the whole play is the lead up to 22 a.m from about eight o'clock at night or so and so obviously it's not they can't do you know 10 hours worth of play or whatever it is so there's time jumps and every single time there's a freaking time jump they would do they, they there was a really big scream and it got the audience every freaking time, including myself. Um, and oh, and then also they had foxes as a jump scare as well because of the, they didn't put them on stage. But you know the terrifying noises that foxes make. Foxes, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like the weird like screams. They do. Yeah, yeah, they had that like just playing as well. It was just good. It was a very good play. As I said, it actually was very funny. Legitimately, it wasn't in, unintentionally funny. Just the writing and the banter between the characters was very funny. But it also gets very dark. I'm not going to spoil the twist because it's a bit of a twist. Just good. Good play. Uh, I don't think it's around for that much longer. So if you want to go see it, run, don't walk. I recommend it. And I don't really like plays. Maybe I do like plays. I've just seen bad ones. But I'm not going to test it because it's also very expensive to go see plays. Less expensive to go see films. Mm, well, it's getting there. I didn't actually, I didn't fully explain um, my Ruby Rose thing. So I saw, I didn't go in. I, I started this and I just completely just explained the thing. So Ruby Rose is in this actress galore, um, famously known for being Batwoman in one season and then recast in the next. That, that's what she was famous for? I reckon that's what she's famous for. That or Orange is the New Black, but who knows though, that show is, no one watched that. Um, yeah, no, I can't think of any single person who watched that incredibly successful show. Apparently, Orange is the New Black was actually the most watched show at, at its peak and over Game of Thrones. But Netflix lied and didn't tell anyone because Netflix can, you know, obviously they don't review reveal views. Anyway, that's a different story. But point is, uh, yeah, so decently famous actress Ruby Rose. Apparently, the other people in it were also big, but I don't know them. So can't say. But anyway, I saw her name on the poster. And I went, oh, insane. Another person called Ruby Rose. And then I got through the whole play. And I was like, this person looks familiar. Why does she look familiar? And then I walked out and I was like, I think that was the real Ruby Rose. <laughs> so you watched the whole play knowing yeah. that was, it was the actor's name, name was Ruby, Ruby Rose. Rose. Thinking she looks familiar. At, oh my God. And then walked out. I was like, you know what? I reckon she had tattoos like Ruby Rose. I reckon, I reckon that was Ruby Rose. It was Ruby Rose, but good play, excellent play. Everyone is this. It was everyone's really good. But yeah, uh, that's what I saw, and I will go back to talking about screen-based media next week because I will not see another play for at least probably five years, unless I'm forced to go to something or something actually catches my eye. But yeah, uh, anything else you want to add before we move on to the Meg? Oh, just, sorry, not the Meg. Meg to the trench. They removed the the. Yeah, I know. They removed the the. They like to do that. Sequels never get a the. I can't think of another example, but they do that. Yeah, I also can't think of another example. I'm going to say, I'm going to say something that's gibberish. Beep it out. And then we're both going to say, yeah, like that one. All right. Okay. I really like when I don't feel lonely in bed. Now, make sure that's beeped out. Yeah. 
and then we're gonna and now we're going you and i are gonna nod to each other which is gonna be great for audio mm-hmm. we're gonna say yes that yes. one so three Sorry. two one yeah that yeah, one right that, yeah, yeah that one yeah I will definitely, I will definitely edit this the way that we have discussed editing this. You know what? You don't sound believable, but as my friend, I will believe you, and I will. I see this as that that's the case. So let us move on to Meg to the Trench, directed by Ben Wheatley. Uh, it stars the returning cast of Jason Statham, Shoya Sophia Kai, Cliff Curtis, and Paige Kennedy as well as new faces, Wu Jing, and that's all the new people I actually cared about because everyone else was just interchangeable for me. Max, what was Meg to the Trench about? Meg to the Trench is about fatherhood. I can see that, yeah. Coming to terms with the loss of a loved one, but also having to take care of someone else. Mm. No, so after the events of the first film, um, no one learned any lessons, so they built another marine. I thought it was the same. No, it's a different. It's a different company because the because the guy who owned the first company died from shark attack. No one, no one took it over. The the, the lady in this one didn't take it over. I don't believe so. Anyway, there's another research station, and they've decided it's a really smart idea to keep a, a megalodon captive. Yeah, and. Instead of having the main character from the last film, who was the young girl's mother, who I've totally blanked on the name of. Are you saying that the main character last film was the marine biologist? Well, like, she's a very important character to the plot in the last film. But like, Jason, Jason Statham is the main character. But like, then she's like the next main character. Anyway, she dies off screen. I assume that's just because the actress didn't want to come back. I, I also assume this, but very funny that it's like, yeah, oh, she died, by the way. Yeah, because I was wondering where she was, because I assumed there's a, it hit the point right before that they revealed that she's dead, and I was thinking, we would have seen her by now if she was in this movie. So she's not in this movie. And then they go, she's dead. I was like, oh, God, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so her brother is running this research station, so the young girl's uncle, but... Also off screen, Jason Statham has become her adoptive father. This is all sort of important. I assume Jason Statham and Lee Bingbing got married between 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 the two movies. Jason Statham and Lee Bingbing got married, and then she died. It's this year. It's, she's died in 2022, and I was I. They kind of mentioned that's a few. It was like a month, about a year ago. So the movie set in 2023. Last movie set during 2017, 2018. So that's five years. So I can see a marriage occurring, and then her passing away. Anyway, it's wild that all of that happens off screen. Yeah, that is true. Her uncle, so the new sort of replacement for that character, is trying to train this megalodon, but it escapes. Why? Because it's breeding season. It decided to. It it decided now is the time to do it. So can we just linger on the fact that it escapes for two seconds? It doesn't escape because someone fucks up. It escapes because it says, I want to. It just goes, yeah, I think it's time to leave. And then it leaves. <laughs> I really, like, on the one hand, it feels like it, to make this story more believable, someone should have, like, made a mistake about something. Yeah. On the other hand, it's very on brand for- This series. Not just this series, but, like, this sort of movie for it to be like, no, nah, we're just not going to learn anything at any point throughout the whole story. Did they just not stress test that great? Zero zero lessons learned. Did you see how low the barrier was for that aquarium as well? I, I reckon the it could have just jumped over, honestly. Yeah. 
It really could have. But we, because we, the movie actually, or the cold open in this one is we see 65 million years ago, a Tyrannosaurus Rex get eaten by a Megalodon, which insane. I don't think that's how Megalodons work. Yeah, I think at that point, then the Megalodon was beached and died. No, it dragged itself back in, remember? Like, just like um, just like the Mosasaur in Jurassic World when it um, murdered the Indominus Rex. Sure. You can fact check me. All of that's correct. Um, I believe you. I Yeah, you I, better be scared. I believe you and your deep knowledge of Jurassic World. Jurassic um, World lore. I'm a big Jurassic World guy. That's a Anyway, lie. the Megalodon, um, which we should mention is named Haichi, uh, escapes to go get some. Get some, get some, get some. On finding out this, they head back to the re- the first reset station from the first movie, the Manor One. I don't know if we mentioned that either. To go search for it in the trench that they're also still exploring. I thought what happened was they were going to be going down anyway and Haichi just joined them. Maybe it was that. Like Haichi being there was not the reason why they dived because then they follow it because they had a pre-planned area to look at. If that is the case, then did they just like go, oh, the Megalodon escaped. That's fine. Yeah, that's what they did, which as mentioned before is on brand for this series. Anyway, they uh, do a deep dive back down into the trench below the thermocline and they get to some hijinks. Um, that's probably the worst way of saying this. No, um, they discover it's Megalodon mating season. We get introduced to the apex predator Megalodon that's not touched on for the rest of the movie. Well, it's the one that escapes. They kill it. Yeah, but it's implied. They never actually refer to it as the apex apex predator ever again. I think, well, because they say that's the apex predator as if it's a surprise that there's monster sharks down there, but we knew that. And not even not even as an audience member, we knew that. We knew that as someone who's probably watched the first film. Yeah, but it's like, it's meant to be bigger than all the rest of the big sharks. Yeah, I couldn't tell. They all look the same size to me. So like, A, that, but like, it's implied that it escapes and it's implied that they kill it, but it's completely indistinguishable from any of the other sharks. Yeah. So the fact that they refer to it as the apex predator is just either a complete waste or something that was left in the script after they rewrote it. Again, I think this movie suffers from rewrite issues. It was something to put in the trailer. Yeah, true. It was something that they could go check it out. There was a big shark last time, but this one, this is the biggest shark anyone's ever seen. It's bigger. It's bigger. It's better. It does the exact same thing as the sharks from the last movie and will be indistinguishable from any other shark in this movie. So they go down on the deep dive and they find that apex predator. Yep. And then they see that there's an illegal underwater mining operation in the deep sea under the Mariana Trench where all of this is happening. <laughs> the bad guys in this film, because there's bad guys in this film, like explicitly, like the last film, it's like, no, nah, it's about a big shark and a, like some guy who's a little bit greedy. This time- Rain Wilson was the closest we get to a, villain, to a bad right? guy. And he did kind of try his hardest. He wasn't like a proper bad guy either. He was this just a one, dickhead. This <laughs> one, um, we get both eco-terrorists. Eco-terrorists are the good guys. Or regular terrorists. The ones doing the dumping- at the beginning of the film. Aren't they just dickheads? I don't think they're terrorists. They're not committing acts of terror. Jason Statham's okay, the eco-terrorist. So the, the bad people doing illegal waste dumping into the ocean. Yeah, the movie becomes a born film for like the first five but to ten minutes. But after the flashback to 
65 million years ago. 65 million years ago. Yeah. Like there's guns and stuff now. Um, it's sick. Jason Statham can do karate, which we knew Jason Statham could do that, but I didn't his know his character. character he, could we do didn't that. know um, Jonas could do that. Who originally in the first movie, uh, the book is just a marine diver who becomes an expert on megalodons when he thinks he saw one. But then also actually somehow manages to become an action hero as well. So you know what? On par, actually. It's good. It sticks to the source material well. I'm I'm gonna try and like <laughs> get a bit quicker through this summary. Um but um there's just a lot that happens. This might become our longest there's episode. There's a lot yet. that happens in this movie that doesn't make a lot of sense, but they discover this illegal underground mining underwater mining operation. The illegal underwater mining operators discover them and in in response blow up the mining operation. It was like I assumed to mine they were gonna blow that part of the Yeah, but then uh, they blow up the whole mine. It's and they kill a bunch of people who we don't know. Wearing the exosuits um, that give you super strength that, again, is not touched on for the rest of the film. Which was awesome, though. It was great scene. for that one scene that was, like... When they were destroying the I feel the like concrete. every film that has some sort of, like, super-powered suit has a shot of someone in the suit or a part of the suit destroying a block of concrete. It's the proof that it's big, powerful. It's good storytelling. Like, the one thing I keep thinking of is, um, I think it's in The Dark Knight Rises where Batman's got, like, the leg assist thing and he kicks the block of concrete and it like chips off anyway they the their sub gets damaged in the explosion and they have to stop in the middle of the deep sea and then get out in these like exosuits that prevent them from dying from being crushed crush and then they get attacked by some stuff get into the other station find out there's been a whole bunch of like infiltration Captain America 2 bullshit, then they have to get back to the surface and then stop the sharks from attacking Fun Island. And also there's a giant octopus. Which is based. So in summary, they do more deep sea diving. Bad idea. Get blown up. Almost drown. Not a good idea either. Not a good idea. Fight. Do some hand-to-hand combat. That part was sick. I thought someone was going to get crushed in that machine though. So did I. But this wasn't that good a movie. And then they get back and then they have to save people while also dealing with actual real bad guys with guns. Yep. That's the movie. In other words, better than the first one. I th- I genuinely think this. So this is not me doing a bit. This is not me doing a bit. I think- No, no, no. I, I also agree with you. <laughs> as much as all of this is like completely wild. That's what makes it better. The movie, Meg to the Trench, was so much more tonally consistent than the Meg. And by that alone, it elevates this movie to a level above that of the Meg. (laughs) I'm not going to say it's above anything else, but it's above the Meg. (laughs) Basically, this movie, the first one has this issue where it kind of winks at you. But then as you go to wink back, it like flicks you in the nose and says, no, take this seriously. Whereas in this one, the movie winks at you, you wink back, and then it winks at you again, and you say, no, I'm in on it, and you wink back just to like kind of finish off the um the back and forth. But then it winks at you again, you're like, dude, I get it. All right, we're, we're winking. I, we're, we're, but, so it's, the, it's a different issue, but it's a better issue because it's on your page. It's yeah, not on it, it, it definitely page. feels like if, if the first movie was like, it was totally confused, it didn't really know what it was about. This one is like they 
making this film, they knew what this film was. Is this film is not a serious film. We get we get some really excellent shots in this film. We get a shot from the inside of a shark's mu- shark's mouth. Well, it's beautiful, and it was just really funny. And it, it, it's it's like extended as well. Like you just get to see people get mulch, and you see like in the dark them waving around, being like, "Oh fuck, I'm in a shark," and it's like, which is actually terrifying. Oh, no, it is. And it was so funny it's to watch. Horror. It's also funny. Yeah, my favorite line of the movie is when Jason Statham is doing the um big epic showdown with the main like actual villain who's sad because his girlfriend got eaten by a shark in the shark proof yep. cage which is actually something we should come back to i want to talk about that sorry this yeah. movie this is has me all over the place because like he kicks this guy into the shark's mouth and he says take that chum and it's, which was <laughs> awesome so dumb and i loved it it's awesome it's so cool but i think talking about like the tonal and all that I need, we need to now talk about because your review for Meg 2 was the alien aliens comment. I want to talk to you about that. I disagree because Alien and Aliens are two completely different genres. These are the same genres, the first movie and the second movie, but just the second movie does it I, better. I disagree. I feel like... Well, you're wrong. And I'm one point ahead. Uh, is, that, is that how this works? Yeah, I have greater credibility because I'm one point ahead. No, so... The first film is like, it tries to be, I don't think it does it very well, but it tries to be sort of like a thriller, sort of horror thriller. Oh my God, there's something out there. It's a big shark and it's going to eat us. Um, Right? And like, you sort of get that in Act 1 and Act 2 and Act 3 is just there. When the movie becomes fun, like properly fun. No, Act fun. 3 is, is a fu- is, makes the movie fun, but Act 1 and Act 2 is like, oh, this is a horror thriller where shit's going wrong and people are dying. And it's pretending it's a slow burn, but it really isn't. Alien is like one of the best examples of that as a genre. The horror thriller, there's something out there. We don't know what it is. And Sigourney Weaver's got to survive. She's got to. Whereas the second movie- I still disagree. Aliens becomes more about there's lots of them and we have to be able to fight them and also an exosuit. I'll give you the exosuit, but there's only one more shark in this one. And I don't, they don't even kill, like they don't, they kill the same, they kill the same amount of sharks in this movie as well. My reasoning behind it is in the Meg, you get one shark at a time. In this movie, there are three sharks at the, t- at the same time and an octopus. And an octopus. I think actually, no, it's a squid. I lied. It's a giant squid. It's an octopus. It's a squid. It's an octopus. It has a beak. Squids have beaks. Oh shit! I think no. Actually, it is an octopus. It didn't have arms. Yeah, I don't think it had. The, it didn't have like the pointy yeah. things. I thought it had like all the rounds. No, you're right. It is an octopus. The tentacle. But squids still have beaks. It maybe it could be a mixture of both. Because I think it's meant to be like a giant squid, right? Well, it's meant to be just. It's some paleo creature. We don't. It might not be comparable to what we currently have. And then you you have those sort of like amphibious little dudes, lizard things. Yeah. Who act as the raptors for this film. But yeah. The other similarity that I don't know if you've seen this film, the other one that is very close in uh, tone, more so to the first half of both of these films is- Is it Underwater? It is Underwater. I have seen it. Insane it's film. It's so weird. Um, it's a crazy film, right? Like The ending is insane. I think I was like drifting in and out of the room when I was watching this. Do you not remember what happens at the end? No. Cthulhu's in the end. Really? Yeah, it's Cthulhu. You should 
I should rewatch that, that film. Well, I mean, just watch the end. Just rewatch the end. That's really where it, the best part is. But it's actually a decent movie. I liked it. But also, I guess, yeah, it's got the exosuits. The exosuits. You have someone getting their head crushed because of pressure. What an insane scene that is, by the way. Just like, like, because you're like, are they going to do it? Oh, my God. They did it. Like, I thought it was going to be more, trip. like, graphic. And nah, it's an M film. I know. Like, it, also, it's for the Chinese audience, and, and China doesn't let anything in with blood. If it's human blood, that is. Yeah, I mean, like, it. The, I guess this is one thing that, like, I almost would have liked a little bit more of. And I, like, again, I understand the reasons for it, but like, for a movie where so many people, like, are just chomped by big sharks, getting mulched, zero, blo- zero blood, zero guts, zero blood. When the best we get is we get an arm at one point. Um, I can't remember which one it is though, but we get a, someone's arm gets fished out of the water, which is very cool. I think it's the second one, first one. Sorry. I think it's when when they're on the boat in the first yeah, one. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. I think I think that's right. But the both of these movies suffer from not being able to realize their full pulpy potential by having they're, they're basically castrated both films uh, because they can't go all out because they're trying to appeal to that. First of all, the the budget's too big for them to be able to do that because they won't make their money back because it's an MA film if that's the case and that cuts off everyone underneath 15 in Australia at the very least and then I don't know what the rest of it is everywhere else and that's like prime audience right there but also uh, China won't show anything with blood in it. That's just like a that's a censorship thing that they have there and if you're trying to get the Chinese audience you're not going to be able to do that. Oh, I feel like that whole sentence just dropped my social credit solo. Um, so speaking of that, like I went to the weirdest screening of this. Movie. So I went and saw it. Oh, Cause you went to like a, like a, not, not a big chain. You went to a, a palace. So I right? went to Pentrin cinemas in Coburg. Which um, is a palace. Which is palace cinemas. For those who don't know, palace is like a chain of uh, indie in quotation marky as indie as you can get by being a chain is reasonably small cinema and i think there are about four rows or something of seats like not like this is sort of the size we're talking about like tiny tiny cinema most of the other people in there were families with young kids we actually had a few in our screening too yeah maybe this was just me like i didn't watch a lot of like like quote-unquote scary or like gory movies as a kid um and i definitely like didn't go to the cinema and see that kind of those kind of movies as a kid and i like i know i went to school with people who did um and you like you'd hear about like some kid who went and saw um i don't know what came out when we were at school <laughs> clash of the titans that's a movie to watch at the age we it came out i'm pretty sure we were like eight were we thought we were 11 maybe we were 11 maybe wrath of the wrath of the titans wrath, was wrath of the titans wrath of the titans was 2012 uh 2010 2010 was clash of the Titans. this the, the second the remake not the first one obviously the first one was 1981 okay maybe that was just me then uh <laughs> I didn't see it in cinema. Either, I didn't. Though, no. I wasn't interested. That's just what came to mind for some reason. Maybe like the Dark Knight or Indiana Jones Four would have been when we were eight. Mm. And I know those were. I know people who went and saw that, and the guy, well, the guy who went and saw both, uh, had nightmares from both because there was the ants in Indiana Jones Four that freaked him the fuck out. And Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy wasn't in the Dark Knight. Oh no! I'm thinking of the other that one. That was Heath Ledger. That was Heath Ledger. Sorry. Sausage. Dark Knight Rises was 2012. <laughs> Oh, I got my movies confused. I'm sorry. Oh, but Heath Ledger, Joker, which is terrifying performance in general, like spooked adults. This kid was eight years old, watched a guy get a pencil shoved into his face, didn't sleep for like a month, basically. 
his dad got a reaming from his mom. <laughs> but yeah, lots of like young kids watching this film where like a shark just nom like nom noms on people and like lots of people die. My other like this isn't in the in Meg 2, this is in The Meg. The most terrifying scene, um, or the most terrifying, like, it's a series of shots more than it is a scene, is the guy in the, like, bubble hamster ball thing, because, like, it's sort of shown, but it's mostly heavily implied that he's just, like, running it over the top of people and pushing them into the water to drown. And it's actually terrifying. Like, that was more terrifying to me than the shock. All right. Um, Interesting. Tell tell me what what's a worse way to die? Getting eaten by a big shark? Well, they will or just being pop crushed, back up though. Being crushed by a ball? They're not going to die from that. They're just going to pop back up. I mean, those things don't move real fast. Yeah, but you're not going to. I don't. I don't think you're going to die from it. I I wouldn't like it. The the worst part for me was when uh Jason Statham was swimming out to hit the shark with the um tracker still in the first movie and then it just dis- the shark disappears because you know it's just gonna jump scare you and you're waiting for that jump scare that's Miley's favorite that's my well that's my like my spookiest part not to say that I was scared because I wasn't because this movie is not scary it, no it's not a scary movie but I did go ah. there's I think I don't know are there any real points of tension where you went like Oh, uh, I'm scared for the fate of the characters. I get, I'm actually really scared for the fate of the characters. I'm just not good with jump scares, basically. So if I know one's coming, I get nervous anyway, no matter what film I'm watching. It's, it's, and which is really irritating because I'm, not, I don't actually get scared that easily, but I do get startled easily. And so when a movie gets in my face and goes, stop, fuck with, I'm like, uh, yeah. So yeah, I, and I'm just like, and just that tension is something because I know I'm going to jump and so it's the tension of me jumping not the tension of the film <laughs> you know what I mean so it's hard for me to say that the movie itself is doing a good job when it's just it's really easy to get me like that but I don't know I, I think there's some good stuff in the middle of the film of the first one because the second one's not scary I think the second one's way less got this than the first one does I, I reckon there's like some parts that were almost there I think the scene where they're in the bay with the with the escape pods was like it was almost there until they had like the weird villain monologue thing. The one that actually probably got me the most in this is at the very start when the uncle jumps into. Oh yeah, true. That's this which is, is like because you're like fuck. Why come, dude? Come on, don't don't do that. No, get out. And then it's coming at them, and and it works the first time, and you go. Oh yeah, it's not going to work the second time. And you know he's not going to die either because you've probably watched the trailer and you've seen him later I on in the film. I have not watched but the trailer for either of these films. Well, I'd seen the trailer just because I go to the cinema a lot, so yeah. it came up. And I also was actually really looking forward to this movie, <laughs> unironically. So I watched the trailer. Uh, but but you, you see him later. You know he's going to... Well, you, But also you can come and be like, he's charismatic enough to not die now. I'm sure you kind of recognize that. Like, he was unlikely to die at that point. I mean, it would be funny if he did, though. You're not wrong, but he's not going to. You, I'm sure you recognize he wasn't going to. No, it's... But yeah. point is, point is still, you're like, that's pretty tense. That's actually a pretty tense scene where the shark's coming at him, he's trying to click, and it goes, boop, and it doesn't do anything, and you're like, oh, fuck. Which then comes back at the end and leaves the movie open for a sequel because the, the Meg... Haichi? Uh, Haichi? Haichi, yeah. Hachi just swims away, which is so stupid. But I like I like this movie overall. I think it's funny what they did to Paige Kennedy. That's the actor's name, not the character's name. 
I think his name, I think his name in the movie is DJ, which once again, it's a bit of a rough stereotype, but I think the fact that he becomes kind of a ninja in the second one. And, like, he goes from like, yeah, I am completely under underprepared and I can't swim to like, I am hyper vigilant and aware of all Megalodon attacks. I have a Magnum in my bag. With poison tipped bullets, which is awesome. It's, it's, it, I think that's just really funny. And then he pulled there's a point where they have guns pointing at him and uh Cliff Curtis. Uh New Zealand's are New Zealand's are in Cliff Curtis. And that you're kinda like, oh well they're screwed because both of them are side characters and they're not gonna do anything because they don't fight. But then <laughs> he pulls out some serious kung fu. And I actually want to point out that this movie is not brilliant, but it does a decent job with its action. It's easy to see. You can tell what's going on. It's not shaky cam to hell. I mean, Jason Statham's pretty good at doing his own stunts as well. But they, all, but anyone else who's in a fight also must have been pretty well trained. I'm not going to say it's John Wick levels of good or anything else, but I will give it credit. It does look better than, and also it did, it didn't do the thing that Nimona did. And a lot of other movies do where there's people just waiting because obviously, um, oh, actually there might've been people just waiting at the start, but I wasn't grumpy with the film. So I might not have been looking at the, on the boat at the start on the boat. There might've been, but it wasn't as obvious at least because there was at least avenues that they had to attack from. So Jason Statham only had to protect from three directions, which meant it was easier for you to understand him being able to defend that much. Whereas in the Mona, it was a giant circle and you could, it could come from any direction. No, I, I definitely feel like Meg 2, the trench is a step up from the Meg. It sort of knows what it is a bit more. I, it's not a perfect film. There's no, I, there's a, one of my favorite, like little technical things is in the third act of the film when they're hunting down the sharks, they've got these like explosive harpoons, right? Oh, it's so cool. And he has three and you're counting them as he's using them because He's got three of them. Um, and then he gains an extra one in a couple of shots. I actually didn't notice. I wasn't counting. I'm not going to lie. I was saying yep the whole time, but I actually wasn't. I didn't care. He, I, I just thought it was he awesome. throws the second one and he has one and then he cuts away and then it cuts back and he has two. But he only throws three, He only three, throws right? three. Okay. So at least they didn't give him another one. No, but and, I don't know. Yeah. There's, yeah. It's definitely like some stuff like that in this film. But I actually just enjoyed that whole sequence, though. It's fun. It's a fun movie. It's, I again, I don't think it's a good piece of cinema. Um, I think it does a better job at providing a, a story that's more cohesive and characters that are more interesting and dynamic than in the first movie with a little bit more, like, variety. But, yeah, it is still not a great film, but a really fun, pulpy action film i'm very excited for it to come to streaming so i can put it on the background and do other stuff mm, with it yeah playing. it's definitely that kind of film i just think the fact that there's a fist fight and an underwater mining thing and there's a big crusher and although they don't use the crusher which was disappointing i just think that really just amplifies how pulpy this film was and how how much they did not care um i mean also we didn't even talk about all the the abyss references because <laughs> there's like the point where he you know when he goes out under the water i'm talking about the abyss again this is the second time on the podcast um insane that that's the james cameron movie i've decided to reference multiple times there's the point where, you know when he breathes he sucks in all the water so he doesn't pop when he goes out the airlock that's like something that they do in the abyss as well so i think you can actually do that except in the abyss it's a specific type of liquid that's aerated so you can still breathe whereas what jason statham did was just suck down a bunch of seawater yeah very cool 
I just don't think that's how it works because in the abyss, it's like a whole thing and he has a whole specific suit that's designed to be able to do that. And it's also very experimental and it's technically actually a real liquid as well. Like this is not just science fiction that James Cameron made. It's a legitimate thing. And in the movie, they show it on a rat to seed it really early in the film so that when they use it later, it's not like, oh, check out this liquid that's magic. You know what I mean? It's good storytelling because it's James Cameron. And when they did it on the rat, they actually did it on the rat as in, that rat was breathing in that liquid. They got the liquid and what you're seeing is a rat that thought it was drowning and then did not drown, which is horrifying to watch. And it's really fucked up that they did that. But Did that like pass the like animal cruelty? It was the 80s. It was a different time. Point is, unless I'm wrong and it turns out they actually just drowned a rat. Um, But as far as I'm aware, it's true. That's what they they actually did do it. There's a couple of like name drop references to Jaws 2 as well. The poison tipped um, bullets is from Jaws 2, which I haven't seen Jaws 2. I've only seen Jaws 1. No, neither have I. Well, yeah, I know you haven't. <laughs> but they like explicitly reference Jaws 2. Which is curious. I guess which is funny because they're like, this is the sequel to another big shark film. Yeah, right. It's actually kind of funny. That makes the movie, I like the movie even more now. <laughs> now that I think about it. It's just dumb and the movie knows it. And I think... When I saw in discourse online, uh, Ben Wheatley is a better director for this than John Turtletub is, but I honestly don't know enough of both of their work to really sit, comment on that. But that's what the general consensus online was, even though as far as I'm aware, this movie is receiving worse reviews than the first one was, mm-hmm. which is insane because that means they're all wrong and we're the only two people you should trust, basically. Yeah, trust our reviews, except for Mitchell sometimes. What? Uh, I think you mean Max sometimes. Yeah, I mean... Who has one point and who doesn't? Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I gave you that point. You better be. I'm going to hold this over you until you manage to gain a point, and I'm not going to let that happen. I feel like you have to give me the point for me to get the point. Well, you have to earn it. Like, I'll give it to you. I'm not going to be a dick and not give it to you, but you have to earn the point. You have to... Well, it was a bet, basically, because we bet who was right. So you have to somehow get me in a bet, and I have to be wrong, or you have to win the bet somehow. That's how you get the point. That's to be a gentleman's agreement. Anyway, I think it's time for... I always say I think in these things. I need to stop saying I think. I know it's time. Stop thinking. I need to know. Stop thinking and know. I know it's time for us to give our ratings. So do you want to give your rating for Meg to the Trench? Sure. My review, my rating for Meg to the Trench was three different creatures. That's all we got. Three three different creatures from the trench. That's meant to be a huge biome of undiscovered life. We, we got three. So in the book, you get actually chronosaurs, which are a type of um, prehistoric... I think they were meant to. I think the small things are meant to be chronosaurs. I actually don't know what a chronosaur is well enough to really comment on that. In the third book, though, you only get megalodons again, which kind of sucks. But then the fourth book, this is a bit of a spoiler because it's like a huge reveal in the fourth book that this happens. But you get a leopluridon, and it's like nuts, bro. Whoa, a leopluridon! <laughs> it's a magical leopluridon. It's gonna show us the way. Like, so yeah, Leo Pluridon. And then the fifth book I haven't finished. And I think there's a sixth one as well. Um, it ends up being his son who they focus on. And his son, last I know, his girlfriend got eaten by Leo Pluridon. And he's like, depress her now. That's all I can remember. This is a serious spoilers for a book series that I think no one cares about. Um, sorry, though. Anyway, I should, I should point is, them- in, the, in Meg 2, The Trench... We get three, three. We get three. We get three creatures from this huge 
um, biome of supposedly all of these like amazing. They baited us for a sequel. There'll be more in the sequel if this makes money, which is unlikely because nothing is making money except for Barbie and Oppenheimer. They need at least uh, two more because that's three different creatures out of five. So will you actually, if they put five creatures in the next movie, will you rate it out of five? Well, okay. So I think tech from a technical, if you want to get into the gritty, nitty gritty of it, we do see like some sort of like spider crabby thing as well, but like. So that's four out of five. Yeah. But it's like, that's not, it's like there, but it's not like doing anything. Oh, so they have to do something. So it has to be a creature that does something. Yeah, it has to be a creature that does something. No, that's, no, this is the correct amount of creatures. <laughs> Second guessing myself. If a fish, because I mean, look, fish don't really attack people and there's a bunch of fish in, at the bottom of the ocean. It, you know, I'm not arguing about this. I need to give my fucking reading. Um, <laughs> I'm giving it four Kwai Jin line reads of there's always a bigger fish out of five because it, it, this is the biggest one. And I bet you in the next one, there'll be an even bigger Megalodon. It'll be, it'll be a Leopluridon because Leopluridons are huge. What's bigger than an apex predator? Well, they don't know that's the apex predator for sure. Well, they, they're just they call it the apex predator. So they're not going like, to yeah, say, like, oh, this just, is the actual like, oh. apex predator. Yeah, they're just like, oh, this must be the apex predator. They're just guessing. They don't know if there's not, they don't know for sure yeah, that there's like, not a Leo Meg, Pluridon down Meg there. 3, they're not going to, like, go, oh, this is the actual apex predator. They'll call it something else. They'll call it, like, this is the Omega the Meg. S- the Sigma predator. That's on that Sigma grind set. <laughs> It doesn't take part in the mating season. It just works at the j- trench gym. But in the in, in look, if they're going to stick to the books, by the way, which they haven't, but if they stick to the books in the third one, there's going to be a daredevil game show that Jason Statham has to judge. And then Meg's it's, it's water based. It's a water based daredevil game show where different teams have to do different stunts and then Meg's pop up. So, you know what I'm saying? That's going to be real exciting. I reckon. I hope they do that if they do the sequel. Well, the trequel. Um, run, the, run the sound. I think we're done. Run the sound. <laughs> this has been the Blockbusted Podcast. I've been Mitch. I've been Max. And you can send us questions, reviews, and warranted hate mail at blockbustedpotty at gmail.com. That's potty spelled P-O-D-D-I-E. And I'm going to ask you... To stay out of the water this week. Just next week, it's fine to go back in. But this week, just be careful. I think I heard that the sharks are getting a bit more frisky because they got it on Ocean IMAX. They, they got the Meg to, Meg to the trench on Ocean IMAX. Yeah, because they shot it on Ocean Max. So they got that, but they didn't get Oppenheimer on Barbie. They only watch sea-based films. Uh, it's like that episode of Horseman, Horsefellow. Jack Horseman. You, yeah, that one. I feel like we need something to close it off because we talked about we gave them the mail and we need to close in something. I mean, I fucked up because I tried to make a joke about C IMAX, but halfway through making it, I realized there was nothing there. That's just stand up for you, isn't it? Um, sweet dreams. If you're going to sleep, see you later, chum. Can we just? Somehow find a way to get that line and like an audio of that line and put it in. I'll, I'll see if I can. If not, can you get the Kwai Gwon Jin line of there's always a bigger fish? Is it even Kwai Gwon Jin? It might not be. It might be Obi-Wan. But I think it's Kwai Gwon. <laughs> Kill the podcast. There's always a bigger fish.